This is The Cooldown with me, Phil Rockner, and the always interesting Steph Hansen. With thanks to Triathlete Magazine, let's have a conversation. Yeah, mate, the big red button's going, which means something's happening. There's line waves. And Hey, Steph, how are you? I'm fantastic, Phil. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the off-air conversation was quite a good one. Uh, this is The Cooldown. Brought to you by the beautiful people at Triathlete Magazine, Phil Rockner and Steph Hansen talking things triathlon and oh, at this small at this point, uh, holiday related things. So wherever you're listening to us, uh, we appreciate you being on board. Tell your friends, um, Steph. It's been a good times for you, my friend. This uh, last couple of days, the COVIDs and trying to get out of uh, the state is a tough one. It- We've waited a whole year to get to Tassie to see my family, and I and I appreciate I'm not the only person in uh, this situation. But you've got to get a test within 72 hours to fly, um, and we've literally been driving around Melbourne for the past 24 hours trying to get in somewhere, and it's it's just a shit show. Yeah, yeah, it's... I'm laughing because on the inside I'm crying. <laughs> It's hard, man. I get it. It's it's we did the same thing, and you know, oh. like trying to just get a test at the moment in in Melbourne is crazy, and everybody wants to s- leave the state for some reason. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm staying put because I mean, you know, I'm just going to you know where I live. I'm quite happy with, and my family's mm. all around here as well, so I'm kind of fortunate. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, Omicron, which sounds like a transformer. Um, doesn't it? Sounds it? Like a bad villain, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Transformers Seven, Marky Mark's coming back, and (laughs) Omricon. Or if you say it, I don't know. Like the Clash of Omricon, something. It's like the people who name tornadoes, and they just you know, like some things don't sound very threatening. Some things just don't. This sounds made up. It sounds like if we said this a few years ago, it just sounds made up. You know. Oh, totally. I mean, and if your name is Delta out there. Apologies. That would suck to have the name Del- Delta for the yeah. last year. If you've been, if your name is Delta or Karen, your last few years haven't been great. <laughs> oh my gosh. I turned into a Karen the other night. Oh my gosh. Well, tell us what, your Karen story. So we were trying to do some uh, record, uh, just some video content at home for um, my husband's online business. And um, they, because there's building going across the road, which has been happening for four years, and they've almost finished, and now there's another apartment building going up next to that. So it just when you're stuck inside your house having to work, and that's all you hear all day, and they park over your driveway, and I've just I, I'm at the end of my tether for many reasons, and then they started working at nine o'clock at night, drilling into the road outside our house. And I was like, I, I cracked it. I just cracked and walked across the road and it's not his fault. He's just got a job to do. Right. But I had no, there was no filter and I lost my. Wow. <laughs> was it? I was, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of do that, you know, a little bit of that passive aggressive to begin with. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yep, cool, cool. So when you say it's almost done, is that five minutes or five hours? Like just, yeah, I go and then poor Brett cops it when I get back in because it's his fault that they're building across the road. Um, (laughs) Poor Brett. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, so I kind of went a little bit Karen on them. Um, Yeah. You know what, though? Like whenever you start a sentence with, I know you're doing your job, it's never going to end well, is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's the equivalent of... No offense, but it just, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not uh, panning out so well. No, I really respect you, but you suck. Um, 
<laughs> we should talk some tri- some triathlon. Um, it, we're going to uh, have a chat to Brad Culp, who's a man who knows all things about triathlon. Just ask him. Um, Brad Culp. Yeah, remind me. Remind me, Brad Culp. Best yeah. journalist in the sport of triathlon. Now, he's a good man who knows a lot of things about the sport, and we want to chat to him about a few things that are coming up. But just as a precursor, the um, PTO have kicked off uh, and finished the year the way they started. They started this year with a, a lot of fanfare around the Collins Cup and a lot of things going on, and, and Sam Renouf and his gang of merry people have decided <laughs> that the end is going to be a great, or the end of the year is going to be a great time to announce the fact that they've got three races now in a um, in very similar to the golf and the tennis and mm. those bigger sports in terms of putting up a open. Um, so mm. the Canadian Open, which is in Edmonton, uh, in I think it's July. They've got the Collins Cup, which is Slovakia, and that'll be in August. And then they're going to run the US Open in September in Texas and Ooh, all of September. them, yes, all of them though, Steph, loaded with spondulis and money. So a million bucks sits on the Canadian Open, uh, 1.5 for the Collins Cup, and then they've got 1 million as well for Dallas, Texas. So starting to push into the realm mm. of, you know, let's start a series. Let's, And they also obviously announced the age group thing too, where they're starting to build into age groupers, which I found really interesting. And I'm sure Brad Culp will have some, good ideas for us about this um but what are your thoughts we're starting to see this now the next evolution we sort of started with the collins cup which was open to only a handful of athletes uh and now we're building yeah well when we spoke to crowey last week like we literally finished that conversation and i i think it was within 12 hours um of us you know discussing the idea of um the 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 um world the tennis world tour uh not world tour what am i trying to say the um grand slam sorry mm-hmm. we were discussing that and how you know how that could potentially work uh in triathlon and i think t- within 12 hours um the pto had announced this this uh open tour type of thing i like mate i'm all for it i think this is a great opportunity for the sport to to try some new things if there's money in it, which obviously there is, um, let's have at it. Uh, I think the dates, I think the September dates, super interesting. Uh, so close to uh, Ironman World Championships, wherever that might be. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I, I, you know, I love a spanner, a spanner in the works in in terms of what we're used to seeing, mm. and then how this could really shake things up. It's a, it can be a big disruptor. I think you're right. I think that the term disruption is a great one because September is going to ask some questions of some athletes who are maybe trying to tune up for mm. the Konas or even try to look at, um, you know, how that sits with uh, other race schedules and plans and 70.3 worlds and all that kind of thing. And, you of know, Crowey was famous speaking about the great man of going up to Muskoka in, um, in Canada to tune up for Kona. So maybe, you know, the idea of September race sits well with some people, but, it's interesting that you know the PTO alongside trying to set up these races have also championed the number one hundred. Um, they love a hundred because that's the distance that they're looking at, which is of course the two k swim, the eighty k bike, and then that eighteen k run, um, rounding out to a hundred k's. They're really cottoned onto that, and it, I mean, it probably speaks to a great marketing point, doesn't it? Where you mm. are, um, you know, looking at that as a as a nice marketable number. Um, 
but it's now, you know, it's another distance in this mm. delightfully wacky sport we call triathlon that has <laughs> a number of distances already. And now we're seeing this one as a new setup. Um, it, it's it's starting to get a little scattered. Yeah, I mean, I, let, I'm just going to just shift angles here for a second. What, what do you think is the perfect distance? Do you know what? One that can be multiply, multiplied and repeated year on year. That's why Ironman sucks, mm-hmm. right? It's because <laughs> as a distance, right? Not the company, as a distance. Because the iron re- distance. The yeah, iron you distance. can't repeat it. You can't repeat it multiple mm. times. I mean, Lionel Sanders, Joe Skipper, those guys are outliers, right? But mm. you, if you want to do it properly, and, and years ago, back in when I first started getting into the sport in the 80s, um, there was this Ironman like, like world tour race where you basically um, – raced around and there's only like a handful of Ironmans in the world, but you went and raced New Zealand, you raced Canada, then you raced Australia and they're all part of this world tour. And, you know, three athletes could actually get it done, Mm. but you know, it's not, it's not anything that you could sustain. So that iron distance, as you said, that's, it's, it's problematic because you can't repeat it. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. And I'd be, I mean, I don't know if there's been much research done out there on, Probably not because the sport is still quite young. But w- what is the long-term effect on this style of racing where they're being athletes and we're just talk- – I'm just kind of talking about professional athletes um, – are being expected to repeat performances and peak uh, more often than what they their body possibly should. Um, what are those long-term effects? Are there differences between uh, men and women? I don't know. Um and I think that poses a question that, you know, possibly event organisers haven't haven't thought so much about. Yeah, and that's the thing too, um, the fact that um, uh, when we're looking at what can be repeated, we want to see the best athletes in the world mm. race, but we also got to look at the long-term health effects as well because, as you said, there's not really um, – we don't really know, do we? I mean, there's, I mean mm. we can gauge. I, I can't imagine – I can't imagine racing five or six Ironmans in a year long-term works. It doesn't. I, I wouldn't have thought it does. Like, And I don't understand how those dudes do those 60 and 60s and, you know, they do those multiples and, and are upright. Mm. Um, which is, yeah, which goes back to, you know, sort of finding that, like you said, that perfect distance that can be replicated yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's tough. You want to see, look, the reason golf, tennis – you know, anything like that, NBA, NFL, and the reason those sports work is because they have, A, they have obviously television, but outside of that, they work because you can watch them multiple times a year. So mm. I can see Nadal v. Federer multiple times a year. I can see, um, you know, LeBron playing multiple times a year against the best in the NBA. I can see that all the time. Triathlon, they pop yeah. up. You have maybe a race a year where three or four really good athletes get together and then you have Kona and yeah. then it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's to, to, you know, to parody um, or to parrot Toby Flinderson out of the office. It's like a movie on a plane, you know, you're watching, <laughs> but you're not been interested. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like in the old days when you had one movie to watch, you're like, yeah, this is all right. It's just going to pass time. But what we want to <laughs> see is I want to see Fredino V Sanders. Okay, V Bloomfeld, yeah. V. I want to see, you know, Riff taking on the best Heather Jackson has to offer each week with, you know, seven other women who can throw down at the same time. 
I don't want to see it challenged multiple yeah. times a year. And this is, I mean, this has been your your thing for quite for quite some time. I remember speaking to you about this years ago, um, and you saying, you know, the answer is definitely not more races um, in terms of professional racing because it it dilutes the fields eventually. Um, but still, yeah, I mean, just going back to the original thing we were talking about in terms of this uh, PTO, um, are they calling it an open? What, what are they, what's the actual? Yeah, so they're calling, yeah. It, uh, they're, they're calling it the Canadian Open. Obviously, the Collins yeah. Cup remains the Collins Cup, and then they're going with the, um, the US Open. And the following year, in 23, they're going to add the European Open and the Asian Open, which I would imagine, you know, that's how they fit in Australia as well within that APAC area and they fit in Europe obviously with the charge of you know what's happening over there at the moment and how good all the European athletes seem to be Mm. um it makes perfect sense then to bring them into the into the fold but Mm. uh, look it's a long-term strategy that they've got where I think they're a supporting athletes in terms of the money that they can bring but they're pumping money into the sport the the question that I have, and I, I haven't got my head around this because I'm pretty sure there are plenty of more smarter people in the room up at the PTO than me, but is the long-term sustainability mm. on that, right? So you, you get backed by a billionaire who's you know got things going. At some point, there's got to be um, some money coming back in. Yeah. You don't have age groupers because you, you do. I mean, they're bringing in small amounts, but you're not going to have the mass participatory yet. yet aspect of it so how you're making the money back and are you selling tv rights are you selling sponsorship are you making content off the back of your racing are you using it as a vehicle to you know to to build content in that area so you sell off the content not so much worrying about the race and the live broadcast you know obviously there's a lot of those things that those guys have thought through but it does seem like they are trying to um at least you know start putting money into the pockets of triathletes which would start to then and I want to get your thoughts on this. Would that, if you were a pro, would it alter how you just how you lay out your year? It has to, surely. I mean, I mean, if it, I mean, if it were me, uh, <laughs> racing as a pro, particularly right now, it that it is definitely what I would be looking at. Um, but you know, and we, again, we've discussed this before. But there's always that allure of. Uh, the Ironman World Championships or the 70.3 World Championships and people will always go back to it. But what do you really want out of the sport? Um, one person can win Kona each year. Um, there are plenty of other opportunities to make a very decent living doing the sport that you love going the the other way. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I feel like people kind of feel trapped into that um, world championship. It, it's hard to get out of that uh, with the blinkers on and get out of that mindset of that is the the end goal each year. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I think so. I think it's going to – I think it's it's a game changer. You, you use the word disruption, mm. and I think disruption's thrown around too easily these days, but I think you nailed it because this is disruptive, mm. I think in my humble opinion, is that Kona and those sorts of races will start to lose their appeal because, as you said, there's five guys and five women each year who can possibly win Kona. Everyone else seems to be making up the numbers. If I structure my year around other races, knowing that I could benefit financially from a similar sort of finish, does it change my thinking? I think it does. Mm -hmm. I think it does start to. And given that 
you know, now there's talk of moving the World Championship, Ironman World Championship around with Kona, et cetera. There's all those sorts of um, conversations happening. I think they're starting to see that, you know, Ironman's starting to see that. And again, not going to dismiss that there's a lot more smarter people talking about this sport than me, but I think it has to alter how you think. As a triathlete for years, you followed the same pattern. You know, you went mm, to this totally. race, that race, and then ended up in Kona. Yeah. There's no point to that. If you're going to be fifth, sixth, maybe top 10, maybe let's work your way out of that. Maybe if you're going to be 12th, you know, or you don't mm. race well in the heat or, you know, it's the travel. It's an expensive trip, Kona. We've all been there. I mean, mm. you can buy, you know, a, a coffee in Kona for a solid $14. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> the conversion, the exchange rate when you're in Australia and you just sit there and cry a lot. Oh, mate, I'm still paying off credit card debt from Kona four years ago. And that was just my bar tab. <laughs> I know. One day, I will, one day, Bubba Gumps, I'll eat at you one day. Oh, um, I was actually just texting Delhi Car about Bubba Gumps yesterday. <laughs> but so let me ask you this, Phil. Are Iron Man scared? Are they worried? Oh, it's a, it's a very good, very solid question. Um I think they're. I think they're obviously watching now. Don't forget too. This is the organisation that decided to try and buy Ironman not long ago. Mm. So mm. clearly they got their their events in in sight, and clearly they've taken aim. And you know Sam Renouf, who who is the CEO, um, Charles Adamo, who's also his um, alongside of him. Those guys are you know they've been in the sport forever. They're very savvy, and I know um, Sam's been doing Media Street in the last uh, few days. Uh, based on this, they're speaking very, very plainly about what they're after um, and what they're building. And so, yeah, Ironman's got to take a really hard look at this because remember years, a couple of years back when they had the regional championships and they were, you, you know, that sort of almost started to seem like they were setting up their own Grand Slam with those mm. regional championships to double the points and, you know, more prize money and they're actually putting some effort into um, the production, et cetera, of those things. Um, but, you know... Marquee events have to be marquee events and mm. they need support of prize money, which it seems Iron Man mm. doesn't really throw into because their financial model is basically um, aligned with age groupers. Totally. So, so two very different models, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it always, I mean, you know, my job was never to talk about age groupers other than, you know, like highlighting a few of them, et cetera. We always just talked about the pros. And, and so, you know, I generally keep age groupers out of this, but, you know, as a pro setup, yeah, Ironman's going to have to think of something, or they're going to, or, or they're just going to say, you know what, this will run its course. And we've never relied on the pros; they haven't. Mm. Pros are an afterthought. Mm. You know, like I never went to a race, as we said last week, wearing a crowy t-shirt. You know, or mm. I, I never had took my Jan Fredino flag with me to to a race. I never did that. I showed up, and whichever pro was there was kind of again, oh, okay, cool, that's the person's racing, and I get to watch that as well. But it wasn't a draw card. What PTO is trying to do is actually create a draw card. Obviously, getting outside uh, involved as well with production. Um, mm -hmm. Ironman starting to see that as well. Ironman brought outside in as well to build the production on this. Some of their seventy point threes. You know, everybody's starting to up their game because if you don't, it's you know you're going to get left behind or you're going to get athletes and and you're not going to get viewers. Mm. Do you? I mean, are you? Are, do you? Do you sit down and watch triathlon? Do you sit down and watch it? Will you live stream something, or you know, what would you get after? Are you someone who consumes the sport? I mean, 
I get, yeah, I mean, I am, or I was not so much these days, but I was also doing it from a different angle, wasn't I? So, you know, working in, in media, um, but Farah, I mean, going back to Wits Up days, I sort of ended up coming up with Wits Up for, for a host of reasons, but I used to uh, just watch the live tracker of Ironman New Zealand and started collating information and doing my own like Steph Hansen up, triathlon update. Like I was a massive geek. Um, and then eventually that led into, you know, wits up and, and so forth. So I am, but I, I, I agree the, the people who are, who will watch the ones who are racing the majority of the time. So that takes away a big chunk of potential audience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's a hard one. I, uh, from the PTO perspective, I love that they are making professional athletes or looking at their professional athletes as assets. I think that's what other sports do. Like they pump up the the tires of, of athletes and that's the model that's super successful. We see it in basketball, football, soccer, et cetera. Um, so I like that. I'm interested to see what they are going to do with age groupers um, and how that I, – I don't know – what their big plans are. We know we've seen age groupers uh, racing at uh, say Daytona, for example, but it wasn't like the, the, the main point of the, of the entire event. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I like asking the questions, but I kind of feel like we just have to see it unfold. Yeah. It's just, it's time. Right. Um, yeah. And that's the whole, that's the whole crux of this, right. Mm. Is that, um, if we we look at it and we go, okay, um, this will what will this looks like in three years' time? How's mm. it changed? And you, you're not, no one's going to know. Obviously, the bold moves that race directors and race companies are making, though, can't be understated. The bigger picture of triathlon, the landscape's completely changed to what it was, you know, five years ago. Um, and it's not COVID driven. It's it's certainly some of it is with the virtual racing, but a lot of it's driven by. Um, the need for you know attracting TV audiences and mm. to build a product that you can actually sell online. Um, I mean, look what Super League did this year with the teams. Again, mm. I'm not going to run out with a Super League Rhino or Hippopotamus or whatever team that they were talking about, the, the teams that they had. But I love the concept. I, I thought the concept was brilliant and I thought he nailed it with a month of racing and he bought athletes for a month and he said, right, Steph, I'm going to contract you for a month and mm. you're going to come and race for me. And you're going to race four races. And you're like, sweet, I'm going to get guaranteed money. So mm. the pressure on all these series is on. And and I think it can't be understated that athletes are the beneficiaries of this. They're the winners, right? Um, yeah. Because for years, you had, you know, really um, subpar racing. You remember the days of three women professionals? Or yeah. You know, and we saw that in Ironman Western Australia. Again, I don't want to dis- diminish the women's race, but there were three women there and it doesn't make for good racing. Neither would three dudes racing. It was wood- wooden and doesn't make for great racing. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, Kate Bevelacqua turned up just because there was a, a race on. Like, Yeah, she's amazing. Know. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I but, 100%. <laughs> but it's and, – and I think it's unreal that she she did it. And and I also think it, there was a part of her is just like, well, it doesn't look great that there's no one racing. I, at least I'm another name on the start line. Yeah. Um, but 
the yeah the the optics of that it, it doesn't look good it, it it yeah three and we get it WA is like a country of its own at the moment it is yeah but, <laughs> yeah but um but it did give us a reminder didn't it it gave us that yeah. reminder of what racing looked like years a few years back when Ironman was the game in town it was Ironman v Challenge um yeah. and everyone was trying to scramble for Kona points or to qualify for this or that you know it really it said it's seen that the pros were of no value to Ironman. Mm. They mm. needed the 1,500 people racing. They didn't need the 10 pros or the three pros. They weren't going to make any difference, you know. Um, yeah. And then they went, you know, gendered races, and then they went no pro races, and then, you know, just to mm. prove that they didn't need them. Um, yeah, and really interesting. And, and, and tweaks are happening all the time. They like the, – the nice thing about Ironman is that their ability to pivot and that they sort of acknowledge things and they're changing up the way they deliver races, um, you know, even the world triathlon, you know, this week talking about the mixed relay now having a male, female, male, female format, you know. Um, oh, I missed that. So Yeah. That's a question I've had. Why is that not changed? But that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So now they're going male, female, male, female as of, I don't know, this year, next year. Um, and, and, and again, you know, like the world triathlon, they were the, in my mind, they were the best producers of, triathlons they were the best you know the most tight the media was always great the you know production was always really good but they had a closed circuit they had really good athletes showing up all the time because they said to them if you don't race this then you can't win world titles so you know they created a very very good platform for their athletes and for themselves in order to build on so i liked it um what they did and 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 the pto has come of age you know, when they first started, the PTO was a joke. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was horrible. It's just that, you know, the, the triathlon union, again, everyone just got to laugh and said, well, how long are these clowns going to be around? These guys have got funded, got aggressive, set reasonably, you know, high expectations on their on themselves to, to produce. I mean, the Collins Cup wasn't perfect, but it certainly, um, it certainly attracted some very, very handy athletes. It was, you know, some very strong athletes, you know, and and it's going to mean, you know, what we're going to see is this regularly. Mm. I don't know. I think, I think we're in good shape, you know, and I think that the sport as in general is in really good shape and it's going to, as we said, pose some very, very strong questions to those who race in the pro ranks um, of what we've got. Mm. I mean, and sorry, you go. No, we were talking about what's going to happen in five years, and that's that's what we'll see. But even while it's five years, Steph, like the the beneficiaries have to be the athletes, right? Mm, definitely. It's pay. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, want yeah. Pay? And I feel like, um, and we sort of touched on this earlier, is, and I by no means am saying that athletes are not professional, but it's. You know, a lot of we always talk about how we do it for the love of the sport, and you know, and which is great, and it's heartwarming and all that kind of stuff. But, but at the end of the day, professional athletes need to make professional decisions, uh, and I feel like there's just been this sort of grey, cloudy area for, for years and years and years where it, you know, it's chasing the Kona dream, um, which is great for an age grouper, but as a professional what are you truly trying to achieve? What are you trying to get out of this sport? Um, and making money should be a part of that decision-making process. Well, if you're a professional, you have to. You're giving up work life. You're giving up yeah. your, your your opportunity to earn in, in another industry. You know, um, I think that you've got to be able to earn. And, and 
long have I been an advocate for pros getting paid? Mm. And and you know, if it, the other thing too is that you know, and I've I've long been of this as well. But the the prof- if you're either professional, you're not. If you're not yeah. earning your living solely from the sport, you're not a pro. If you're working down the local bike shop or bussing tables and stuff like that, more power to you. But you're not a pro. Like a pro is a pro. You are a full time professional earning money from your chosen profession, which is triathlon. And you know the fact that we've got so many inverted commas here pros air quotes i think the americans call it air quotes um <laughs> you know like yeah are you a pro you're a pro like if you're a pro running around as a as a dude running a you know running an 840 iron man and you're a pro well you're not really a pro you know if you can't bust eight hours these days you're hopeless but um <laughs> <laughs> you know but um the point is i guess is that you know these new races super league bringing on what they're doing as well allows triathletes to be professional to say yes i don't need Mm. to go and get that second job to you know i don't need to go and live in my car and all light side of you know aside you know some athletes i remember in the day used to do that Mm. sleep in the car um you know and you find that it's it's you've got more of an opportunity to create wealth money or at least sustainable living um by these races these events you know, and and PTO pouring money into regional events as well, not just the bigger ones, but it becomes sustainable, and it becomes a a, a life that you can actually lead um, versus one that you probably can't. Absolutely, I wonder. Yeah, like let's say in five years PTO is cracking along. Um, there's still heaps of money in it. Pros are really uh, working that circuit and earning good coin. Do do you then, you know, as an up-and-coming pro, do you look at, say, for example, um, Ironman and Challenge Series as the step between and to get up to that next level where Ooh. the cash really is? Like, is that the way things work out? I don't know. Love that. That's a great – you know what? And you've – yeah, it's it's you know in the surf in professional surfing for example, there's that, mm. that top thirty and the, the guys who get straight into the competitions. You know, like the tennis players who get straight into a grand slam. Yeah, and then there's the qualifiers. You know, yeah. those who are because you, these races can't be open to everyone. I mean, I want to be an NFL player, but I'm you know a skinny white dude from the suburbs. I've got no chance, right? Um, but if I'm in a triathlon, I could go to my federation and you know. I don't know, you have more chance of becoming that. So it's got to be a closed club. You've got to be legitimate pro. And then from there, if you want that pathway, there are other or there should be other satellite races that you can do um, or qualifying you can do in order, like, you know, maybe Challenge runs a qualifier for um, the Edmonton race. And they say, hey, if we let's work in with the PTO and if you, you know, win or, you know, qualify somehow then you can so you might get a really good field at that race so why wouldn't Mm. you do it if there's a bunch of people wanting to qualify and they go well come down to challenge whatever or iron man whatever and but they don't they don't see that though because they're they're all in again this is what do you mean they people don't want to work with each other like they don't want to (laughs) coordinate for the better for the better good of the sport what do you mean I don't, I don't under, yeah, I, and that's like that's why we like boxing, you know, like with twenty seven different belts, you know, none of them are unified. Yeah. They're all just ridiculous, you know. It's like like trying to explain. I I can remember sitting in front of like a big company, right, like a world company. Um, it might have been Sony or someone like that, someone big like that, 
uh, with first off the bike. And they're like, so tell us about triathlon. And you sound like an idiot. Yeah. Oh, there's 27 different races. There's not who's the world champion. You go, well, I don't know. Cause there's nine different distances. There's 18 different race companies and who has the world championship? Well, a private race company. So there's no real official governing body. Yeah. But they do this, this, and this. And the other guys do that, that, and that. And it, you sound like an idiot. Yeah. Um, needless to say, they want to know part of triathlon because I couldn't explain it properly. It's like, well, here's where we are. It makes no sense to me. And I'm in the sport. The one thing that the PTO did bring up this, uh, and I wanted to get your your feel on this, um, is that they said there was a quote that's been doing the rounds on the socials, um, and it's about um, course verification, another one of my bugbears. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it says here, and, and it's um, this sport is the quote. Let me read the quote. The quote, the sport is too bloody difficult for our PTO professionals race too bloody hard to have any performance diminished by quibbling over distance discrepancies or arguments over currents. And I'm talking about water currents. Obviously, this is in relation to the Blumenfeld, um, yep. inverted commas again, air quotes, world record. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll leave that to the pundits and fans to debate. Um, okay. <laughs> so if, I don't know, you know, when I first see the thing, when I see world record time in swimming, have you ever asked the question, was the pool legitimately 50 metres? Yeah, well, if you, you go know. down to my local pool, definitely ask the question because that <laughs> seems ridiculously slow. But you're right. <laughs> at, at world champs, champion meets, et cetera, no, you are not asking that question. No. Like, you know, when you say wins the Olympic gold medal, you're like, was the course 98 metres? Or was it, you know, like you're not asking that, right? Like you just. Or you, what about the head? There was a bit too much wind. He had a bit too much tailwind. So it yeah. doesn't count. No. And or there's tailwind. Out, but they take that into consideration and they do say in a hundred meter race, they'll go, hey, there's tailwind here. So that record doesn't count. Likewise, if you're swimming downhill, like Blumenfeld <laughs> was swimming downhill in the, um, in the world record race, it, it shouldn't count because he was swimming with the current. What we should do then is find a mountainous region, swim downhill, and then ride downhill for 180 k's, the big downhill, and then we can find an easy run where we can. I mean, like the, the course is corrupt, but at the same time, um, we need to be verifying courses. I think if we're going to be looking at world records and setting a professional standard, I'm not sure that the PTO can just wash their hands of it and talking about quibbling over distance discrepancies. That's not quibbling. If the bike course is 175 k's, that's not quibbling. That's a short Fact. course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I'm. I thought they were a little bit cavalier on that, um, and just sort of saying, "Hey, it's not." A, but it's not a quibble. It's legitimate. Your course should be surveyed. You yeah. know the, the um, but even you know, like the Olympics in London, the course wasn't right. So it just seems that triathlons, like, oh, you know, that'll do. They settle for that'll do on their course verification. Whereas I sit there and I go, because I remember I'm in Melbourne with the first year they ran it. Mm. The, the the guys who ran that actually had to put an extra loop in the marathon to make sure they got to the 42.2. Yeah. Because that's a marathon. 42.7 <laughs> is too long. 41 is too short, obviously. That's not a marathon. Marathon is 42 Ks. I actually but, don't understand how courses can go wrong. I just, I don't get it. I, I, like with the amount of technology and stuff to to, to measure stuff, like yeah. I just, I do not understand. I don't get it. No. There's no excuse. Um, 
And yeah, I think I think yeah, wiping their hands of saying record validations, all that kind of stuff. I I also question are they now the authority figure in the sport where they say this is what is it's black and white. This is this is what's right. This is what's not right. Like I kind of found that a bit interesting. Um, as far as records go. Like, I think it's great that people can say, you know, this person's the fastest person over this distance. There are always going to be those um, extenuating environmental factors that will will make a huge difference on, yeah. on the day. Absolutely. Um, but you can't, that's an uncontrollable, like you, a variable, whatever. You can't control that stuff. So if, if, if you want to call records, it is over a distance, whoever is fastest over that distance, whatever. I don't care. I doesn't, you're not, you're not winning anything. You're not getting paid any money, whatever. I, I, I don't understand what the big issue is. Mm. Do, I know you don't like it though. I don't have a, I don't have a, I have a problem with someone saying I'm, I hold, what was it? Texas a few years ago where the, I think the bike course was cut short because of, you know, conditions, something was happening. And then people were trying to claim that they were the fastest they held the fastest iron distance record. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you, no, it's 120 Ks. Like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. But there's a massive asterisk next to that. It, it doesn't count. If you have covered the, two, what is it? 226 yep. kilometers. Um, sorry, whatever that is in miles, folks. Um, cool. You get a tick. Yeah. If you choose to race on the flattest course on the planet, because that's what your goal is, is to become the fastest person, have at it. You, you're not going to win any money. You get a pat on the back, but that's about it. Yeah. But cool. Go for but it. If you're a pro, like trying to call anyone a world record holder on an unverified course is nuts. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So who's... I agree. <laughs> and you're right. Like how hard is it to get a trundle wheel? Yes. Get the clicks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How many times, like you've worked in schools, have you had to go out at the PE carnival yeah. and make sure the 400 yeah. meter track is 100% laid out properly? I we just, were, right? yeah. Um, There's that much technology out there now. And I always reckon too, like the tweeter, you know, when you get that little verified, you know, that little blue tick, I reckon courses should be subject to the same thing. Yes, this course has been survey, surveyed as accurate, check. And that way you pick and choose, right? So you might say, hey, hmm. I'm going to go and race Ironman wherever because it's got the blue check and I can go and it's verified. I know it's a legit distance. Whereas the yeah. other cowboys, and then they'll be forced to do it because their their um, their races won't be verified. And it's not that hard. Surveying a course, you do it once because then, hello, you race the same course the next year. You do it once. <laughs> but so who's doing that? Like it's a company, it's an outsourced company? Like well, the well, I man, for example, I reckon Steph should say to them, if you want the M dot, then you have to verify your course. Yeah, because I asked Andrew Messick this years ago, right? Years ago, and he said to, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he sort of said, well, if it's got the I man brand on it, it's got to be right. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and I, I think, I mean, again. I don't know. I mean, like, he just, who was I? I was just a nobody just asking questions. He's a throwaway. But in saying that, um, I think I was accurate in saying that we, we needed to 
have things verified. They're the, I mean, they seem like smaller issues, but the PTO saying it's quibbling, I think, is diminishing the importance of doing the distance correctly. Yes, I agree. Mm. And again, it makes our sport look unprofessional. Yeah. If you want to be professional, then be professional. Yeah. If you don't, then just, you know, have at it as we have been, like status normal, but we're yeah. not. This is anything but normal. So there's a few other things out of uh, the wrap-up of the year that um, we kind of are going to get through. Um, for those of you who are listening and still with us, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gone through this feature. Hey, um, you caught something caught your eye, which I think is you know pretty a pretty relevant thing as well. Um, earlier today, it uh, mate, I, I wrapped up wits up. I'm like, all right, other people have you know. Here's the baton, run with it. And then I saw this thing this morning, um, and it was by well, a friend of mine, Kelly Kelly Burns Gallagher on Facebook, and US USA Triathlon had posted, you know those, it's like the memes where it's got someone doing something, you know, my, and it, this says my goals for 2022, um, yeah. and I think it might be some notes, um, Casper, I think, is uh, in front of another athlete who I can't tell who it is because they're blurred out. Um, so yeah, so Casper's running my goals for 2022 is written across her and behind is another athlete saying the holiday game. Um, now problematic for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, we're trying to, no one should be guilted for enjoying Christmas, Thanksgiving, enjoying food. Like it just, like, it just feels like something that would be said a decade ago. Like it just, I thought we were so far past this. It's insane. And then I I know that USA Triathlon aren't suggesting that that athlete in the background is overweight. I know that they're not actually suggesting that. However, it doesn't come across very well. It is, if that was me, I'd be like, are you, are you mate, are you kidding? Imagine if they have, you know, some kind of, you know, um, body issues or, or, or whatever, and then yeah. they see that and it becomes the latest meme. It just <sighs> read the room. Like I just one for one minute you think things are starting to change, and then something like that pops up, and you're like, oh. and I know it might seem trivial and small to a lot of people, but it's that kind of stuff that constantly keeps happening, which has you bang your head against the wall. Because you think things have changed and then you realise it hasn't. And I look at that and think, what person in that room, and it, you know, it could have been the social media manager who's sitting on their phone in a queue to get a COVID test. <laughs> um, but who is, who is possibly thinking that was a good idea? Yeah. I just, oh, far out. It just, <laughs> it never ends. Yeah. I'm on a bit of a rant yeah. this morning. Um, no, no, that's so the, that blurred out version is a is a I think it's a South African athlete who is running on the blue carpet, which means they're an elite athlete. Yeah, like if you're saying that that's the holiday gain, and I know they're talking more metaphoric, but geez, it just is. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's insensitive. It's stupid. It's not funny. It's a really old meme, so it's not like it's not even a funny meme. It wasn't even a funny meme at the best of times. I, I just, and then the caption says "stay woke," so I don't even know. 
yeah, what that means. Like no. that's a whole other level again. So I don't know. It just it's problematic that people in these kind of positions are posting this kind of content and not thinking for a second. Um, and I'm sure the person who posted it is like mortified. Um, I'm not saying that they're an asshole or anything like that, but just think, my gosh, my mm. gosh. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's a weird one. The holiday gain. And, and again, you know, it was suggested by the, by um, a number of people that the, you know, the whole holiday gain thing is like a marketing tool. Um, for diet companies and things like that, and oh, you know, but if you can't, again, I mean, yeah, let's let's just let's just live in the moment, right? So I think everyone has the right to do what they need to do when they need to do. It. And if you're gonna, you know, I know that this time of the year, I'm not watching anything. I'm watching, uh, you know, yeah. beers go down. That's what I'm watching. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, pretty ordinary. But uh, hopefully... <laughs> I like that. Pretty pretty ordinary. <laughs> I like that. Not happy. Um, <laughs> Hey, some big, uh, you know, for this, as this comes out, it'll be sort of that Christmas period and everyone starts talking about what they liked during the year. Um, one of the things I liked during the year, and, you know, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to badge it as my favourite thing that I saw this year uh, in terms of race series, Steph, was the Super League. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed what they did with Super League. I really liked the concept. I liked the concept of a month of racing. Um, I liked it every week. I liked watching the the race, and I liked the fact that they had a big draw card. So um, for mine, Super League gets a massive tick um, mm. for what they did. I also like that they um, they like to give back to the community, to the local community where they're racing and so forth. There's a lot of work with the elite athletes, and and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not too sure exactly what was going on throughout you know COVID times, but they really try and um, use their athletes to work with. Um, up-and-coming junior junior triathletes and going to schools and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, I think that's really important um, for, well, for relationships and just building the sport as well. Yeah, 100%. So they, and again, the the, the concept of the teams, you know, the Sharks, the Rhinos, mm. uh, they had an eagle in there and I think they had like a cheetah as well. Um, <laughs> it's like school carnival, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I love it. But they're building, they're trying to build a bit of, um, I reckon, just a bit of um, excitement around the, the, you know, in teams and, you know, you can support a team and you can get behind it. And, you know, it, it may take a few years to take off, but I think that in, in, in the idea and the concept is a solid one that we can support a team, you know, I can, because we all know a team, we all sort of follow teams, various teams around various leagues around the world, if that's your sort of thing, or you follow someone or somewhere in a team and, and, and that's again, recognizable. Whereas, you know, trying to support an individual triathlete would might be a little bit more difficult. But the fact that they said, listen, we're going to do this for a month. We're going to have four races culminating in a big finish and we're going to get, you know, the Olympic medalists, et cetera. We're going to do all that. And they got it done for mine. Uh, it was a real step forward. And I know we've sort of discussed the PTO as well, but I think sort of in line with that step, the Collins Cup too, goes from being what I thought was a really crappy concept three or four years ago when it was first announced by the previous administration of the PTO to actually being realized this year. Um, And again, as we said earlier, had the people executed fairly decently as well, TV coverage was okay. Phil Liggett was an interesting study in triathlon. Um, (laughs) But um, I thought they did it again, you know, really good jobs. And these two are, 
you know, piloting this change that we've been talking about? I think next year is is going to be an awesome year. I think they'll have um, ironed out a few a few issues. Um, and and don't get us wrong, listeners. We there we definitely think there's a lot of improvements to be made. Um, you know, in terms of the Collins Cup and um and, and and the coverage and 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 other bits and pieces. But I I'm very positive that they'll have taken a lot of learnings from this year, and I think next year could be spectacular. I th- I really think they'll dial in those you know those issues. You know, just um you know, uh, the team's going off at different times and not quite being able to capture it all at the one time for, for, for whatever reason. Um, and a lot of people, you know, we watch these things online and you see a lot of comments um, and this has been forever. Why won't the camera go to um, second place female? All these kind of things. It's 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 hard to get motorbikes out on courses and in the right spot. It is, it's a lot of hard work and it is full on. Uh, but I, I do, I do think they'll make the appropriate changes, and we'll see, yeah, a, a much better show next year. And I'm not saying it was crap this year, but I think there'll be a few things tweaked. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that they were the two. For mine, they were the two standouts. Obviously, COVID ruined a lot of other plans, Kona mm. included. We didn't see any of that, and. Um, maybe that would have been up there because it is, it's generally there only because as we've said earlier, you get all the big guns in the one spot, but it, you know, for mine, the, the fact that the super league guys really launched um, the Collins cup was good. Um, you know, the oh, battle Royale, I could have taken it or left it, left it. Sorry. The um, Fredino versus Lionel Sanders race. I kind of, eh, you know, I didn't see much of it. I saw bits and pieces, but I see. I thought it was smart. Like I, I rate that, and athletes like, well, or two athletes, but, um, and then their sponsors are just like, well, this is what we're going to do. Come, come along for the ride. And, and I rated it. I think, I think it was great. Um, I do think it's interesting that one or two athletes could garner that much, that amount of attention. And I would have loved to have heard what an Ironman would have thought about that. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, Two athletes, if they were racing next to each other, much more interesting. It's just Fredino got out in front, you know, much earlier on. So the excitement wasn't there no. so much. Um, but I liked the concept. And I thought, like, again, when, I mean, Jan is, he's so pro, isn't he? Like he did his own um, indoor or at home iron distance race as well. And he's just him and his team, they're, they're smart. Oh, the, they're working look, for their sponsors. It's brilliant. 100%. Yeah, he is the best pro in the world. Him and Lucy Charles, in my book, are the two best pros in the world. Um, and I say that because I look at holistically what they get up to. And I would put almost mm. Heather Jackson there as well and Ben Hoffman um, as well as just the best pros because their social media is insanely good. And you may laugh at that, but, you know, that – these days, building your community means better money, better sponsors. So they go after it and they make really good content. Mm. Um, they're always posting something interesting. Um, watching Heather Jackson roll through the mud the other day was hilarious. Um, you know, like that stuff is good stuff. It's behind the scenesy. It's good. Fredino is as polished. I mean, the two best in show is Lucy Charles and Fredino. Fredino is on another level. Um, yeah. You know, but even you know the guys down here, the local guys like Tim Reed and 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 Burkle and that who are working out with Corrupt, um, mm. you know, and working with uh, with Glenn, you know, doing some really good stuff. Um, yeah, and it's beautiful. 
you know, like he is corrupt is, the, you know, if you're looking at corrupt TV um, on Twitter, he's Glenn's ridiculously artistic um, mm. and, and, you know, brings that into triathlon so very well. Um, but they're all lifting their game and it's awesome. But yeah, Fredino's miles away. Like he's got it all. Oh. He's got the beautiful setup. He's just the most stunningly gifted athlete we've seen in the last, you know, decade. And he knows how to be and what he needs to do. And he kind of, he kind of really acts like a world champion. Do you know what I mean? Like he has that air about him. Um, you know, he's not rolling yeah. out of nightclubs at stupid o'clock. He's not being, he's not saying stupid stuff on social. He's just doing good things regularly. Um, and you're right. The battle Royale was not for mine, but I understand hundred percent what he did. And, and again, they, they did it well. It just, I don't know, like it was over early and it was sort of just watching them roll around. So, yeah, um, Yeah. you know, we'll see how that, you know, how that goes around if they do come up with version 2.0. But uh, in terms of the triathlete of the year, where where does your vote sit for, say, you know, the best performed athlete for this year? Look, I think think we're both going to agree on this. Um, I'm a mad Flora Duffy fan. I just... What athlete can go across different distances, different on-road, off-road, and nail it? She just – and coming back from injuries and into that those kind of performances, I just – I don't know. She makes it look effortless, to be honest. I just – I rate Flora Duffy so much. I want to learn how to ride a bike like her. Um, I love that she comes from – Bermuda where like she was queen for the week however long she went back there for like it just you know we we kind of grew up with uh the big um triathlon guns coming from yeah well Australia you know and here's this tiny little island that um has produced such an incredible athlete um and I love that she takes that role quite seriously as well she she's really proud of where she's from and she enjoy or appears to enjoy to go back um and work with kids there and um you know and all the things that she does outside of um insanely impressive performances so yeah i'm i'm a big flora fan yeah i look i it's such a very very close race between her her and Kristen blumenfeld um yeah I, I I give Flora the nod too. Um, I mean, Blumenfeld was ridiculous this year. He was just, and it, it feels bad not to be saying he was it. Um, but I feel that Duffy, just the Xterra stuff too was mental. Like the fact that she went off and did that and, you know, we know she has a pedigree in it and she's one of the, the best Xterra athletes to race. But I love the fact that she just picks it up and goes back into it. And, and you know, not only every time she raced, she, she raced and won and did really well. Um, mm. And just... The Olympics was like a procession, you know, she, you know, again, Blumenfeld gut run it out as well, but just, I don't know, there's something about Flora Duffy who'd been grinding at it for so long and had to sort of endure uh, the Jorgensons of the world and, 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 you know, being thereabouts and talked about, but not actually coming through Um, Mm. the culmination in that multiple years story for mine Mm. was the the big winner because um, yeah, she was, just so majestic the entire time round, and I mean, yeah, I love the fact that D's from Bermuda too. You know, not only because it's in my favourite song, Kokomo. Um, but... Sing it. <laughs> Do you know what though? A colleague of mine put that into my head 
just before uh, I left work for the year and it, it just stuck there for a day, just me just singing Kokomo. I wanted to shoot myself. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Flora Duffy's been outstanding and she's, you know, again, like Fredino, she she embodies all the things that you want an Olympic champion to do, to to be. Um, and she's been stunning. Blumenfeld mm. would be like the barest of margins behind her because what he did this year too was insane. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's again the Nor the Norwegians and Europeans once again, you know, the British, the UK team just around the world destroying everybody. Mm. Um they have been amazing. Um and, you know, Americans have been very close as well. But I think the UK would be the country of the year as well, just being what they've put out um regularly oh. around the world. They're ridiculous. And even you know, watching Lucy Charles bounce up and down from the longer 70.3 back down to world triathlon, et cetera. It's a, just a joke how good these people are and what we're seeing, Steph, and what we're seeing yeah. is this emergence of these hybrid athletes who are so adaptable um, all the way up to we saw, um, you know, what Blumenfeld put down. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's super interesting. Not that long ago we were saying – you, if you want to be winning 70.3 worlds, you need to be a 70.3 specialist. I mean, what was that? Five, six years ago, we, we were kind of saying that, that this is the emerging yeah. um, breed of athletes, but it's kind of, we've, it's gone back again. You know, yeah. we've got either short course athletes, you know, stepping into that half distance and, and nailing it, or you've also got long distance athletes or the iron distance athletes excelling at both. Like it, it, the hybrid athlete is definitely um, here to stay for a bit, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's the thing, like you've got, I mean, these days there's, as we've just been on talking about for the last hour is that there's that many options. There's options all yeah. the time. You know, um, there is options all the way around for these athletes. And maybe, you know, 20 years ago, we don't see how amazing Blumenfeld is because there's not the option for him to race. There's no races around. There's maybe five different things he can do. Now we're seeing races everywhere and he wins a summer Olympics medal, gold medal. And then next minute he's off racing longer distance races. And you're like, well, what the hell? You know, like this mm. is not, um, this is not the standard approach. But in saying that the greats of triathlon, you know, Greg Welsh, Mark Allen, I mean, Greg Welsh won a world mm. title, Olympic distance title in Orlando and then went off to Kona that year. You know, mm. Mark Allen won in Avignon, France, uh, an Olympic title, and then off he went to, to Kona to win there as well. This is a, a model that's been, um, you know, that's been done by very few and we're seeing it come back into vogue now with with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, then in the same breath you also see, and I'm not saying that these people failed, but um, we were excited to see what um, – Harvey Gomez could do over the the iron distance and again I'm not saying he did a bad job but there was a lot of pressure and expectations on him to perform um over the iron distance because we saw that traje trajectory coming um but he hasn't quite nailed it like some of the others no and you know when you're at Cozumel running you know and everyone's talking about a world record um, mm. regardless of what he swam and the, the times, the, the things that he did there were ridiculous, you know. Um, likewise with how well Flora Duffy has had her year and managed her year. And I love the fact too, they went off and did Super League and did all that. And, you know, just they, they varied what they did and showed up. Um, it was it was a great thing. And, of course, the world titles to World Triathlon as well. Just, yeah, I mean, fair mm. year. 
fair year they've had. Um, and we've been at this for an hour and one minute, which means we're probably going to, uh, we might take a, take a break and take a wrap on this one. Um, Steph, we'll be back for more episodes after Christmas. So if you are enjoying this while you are running, riding, swimming, I don't know if you listen to yeah. us while you're swimming. Um, but if you are enjoying it, make sure you you, uh, <laughs> you tell some friends and uh, give us a listen. But we really appreciate you uh, tuning in and also the beautiful people from Triathlete Magazine for supporting this one. This has been The Cool Down. Steph, Merry Christmas to you and your beautiful young family. Um, I hope that you get to Tasmania and I hope that you get your COVID test sorted out, mate. Thank you and uh, Merry Christmas to your good self. And to everyone out there, stay safe uh, and happy holidays. And we'll see you post uh, the ho, 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 man. This has been The Cool Down. Thanks for listening to The Cool Down. Make sure to check out all in the world of triathlon with Triathlete Magazine.